devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello, 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 and happy holidays, everybody. Welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And together, and with tonight Mike's hat, it in is... my brain, we make a full Father Christmas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was I was thinking, Phil, if you were wearing the hat, it's not fair. You have an unfair advantage because you've got the beard and you would look much more like Santa, yeah. but you don't have the hat. I have the hat, you have the beard. So you're right. Together. Here, lean in, lean this way for a second for our visual viewers. Lean towards me. Other way. There you go. See, like if you put that together, right, you can kind of almost see like like a Santa Claus, an amalgam Santa Claus, which is kind of horrifying. But there you go. anyway, um, it is our, our yes, right. That's special effects in its worst form. <laughs> uh, this is our annual holiday extravaganza, one of our favorite episodes of the year to do where we celebrate the holidays and after the ending fashion we pick a holiday movie to go after the ending of we do a holiday themed top five list um we we metaphorically drink the eggnog and jingle the bells and do all of that fun stuff even though we don't actually do any of that stuff for real but it you know metaphorically you know we do like yeah, in our souls right phil because don't don't drink and podcast people it's uh it's not it's not a clean it's a messy thing <laughs> that's right it's exactly exactly responsible podcasting only here but now i now again this is for the audio listeners this won't help you guys at all so watchers i do actually have a christmas themed shirt on but you can't see it because you know we're widescreen the wrong way and i put that but i'll just quickly show you my my shirt we got the little abbey road homage here with frosty santa buddy the elf and rain uh, rudolph for the just for the people who can't see it so uh, it's, I, I was trying to get into the spirit tonight with my Christmas t-shirt, my Santa hat. I also have a Christmas themed t-shirt. Oh, do you? I was gonna say I thought, I thought maybe you're just being bah humbug, Phil. But uh, oh no, that's that's a terrible shirt, Phil. Yeah, it says uh, uh, it's I think it's like a Christmas font. It says Die Hard is a Christmas film. It's entirely up to you whether it is or not. But it's uh, from Last Exit to No. Uh, from, it's from Last Exit to Nowhere. Not a sponsor, but I do like their t-shirts. Yeah, they have great t-shirts, except for that one. Now I have to boycott. I think they true. also do one that says uh, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. No, that would make sense. Right, 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 right. Uh, I just was watching a clip the other day of Bruce Willis saying Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. I feel like I was, know. I was reading an interview where the writer of Die Hard was saying it was a Christmas yeah, movie. Yeah, I saw that one too, but I don't believe him. I think he's lying. I think he's been swayed by the internet. The so many people have the news and rages on forevermore. Uh, if, if those if, listening, uh, Mike is nodding his head in agreement to me. So yeah, for those listening, there was a, just, just the, the, the most epically cosmic eye roll in the history of eye rolls because yeah, clearly it's not. <laughs> anyway, moving on. I, I I swore to myself that we would not talk about this tonight, and then you had to go. <laughs> we wear the t-shirt, always do though, every so. single Christmas yeah. episode. We do, but funny enough, I was you, you know killed that for me. Films which have uh, bits of Christmas in which aren't Christmas films. It's I don't class either of these as Christmas films, but it's funny. I watched both of them today. Uh, and I was watching Smoke, uh, the old film with uh, Harvey Keitel and yeah. William Hurt. And it ends, it's got it's all through the year, but it ends with 
with Harvey Keitel's character telling a Christmas story, which then gets published, and that's how it ended. And then the film I put on after mm-hmm. that was the film Deep Cover with uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Fishburne, yeah. Jeff Goldman, which is definitely not a Christmas movie. But that starts with a Christmas scene. It was just bizarre. Right. Like Christmas, end of Christmas, beginning of Christmas. And the, the Deep Cover Christmas ended terribly for the kid. But anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just found that was weird. The two films I watched today had that, that little... Right. Yeah, well, you know, listen, I mean, by the diehard criteria, I think we have to also give it up for the, you know, triumvirate of great Christmas action movies, which is First Blood, Lethal Weapon and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which are all uh, Christmas movies by the criteria that people give diehard Christmas movie status by. So and let's not forget, if it wasn't for Christmas, uh, Shane Black, his career probably wouldn't have been as prolific as it has been. Right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, why don't you tell people, Phil, what we're going to talk about in this episode besides Die Hard? Because that wouldn't fit our theme since this is our holiday episode and Die Hard is not a holiday movie. We are going after the ending of uh, the Polar Express, the animated Christmas movie from uh, a while back. And because it's an animated Christmas movie, our top five are going to be our top five favorite animated Christmas movies slash specials slash short films. Okay. Slash Christmas related animated. <laughs> yeah, we had to get a little a little generous with our description uh, uh, with our you know uh, def- definition of a Christmas movie because um, well reasons which we'll get to but we'll do that in our top five section we'll talk about yeah. that then uh, so um, all right well let's start with the with the Polar Express then right it's a well known film it's been almost twenty years since it came out. And uh, we're going to tell you what happens after it ends. So, Phil, let's start with the movie itself. How do you now? This is a film that, you know, I, I would say is, is well liked, but it's not necessarily beloved in that I think there are some people out there who don't necessarily like this film that much or have a special place in their heart for it. Um, where do you fall on the Polar Express? Uh, it's it's a tricky one. I don't. It's never been one of my favorites. And for a long time, if... For those of you who can't quite remember it, it's it's for a long time it was the definition of the uncanny valley uh, effect of CG animation because of just the way it was. But uh, I think that put me off initially, CG with the face, well, just with the the main characters. But it's when uh, I I didn't enjoy it that much when I first watched it. But then a few years back I watched it again and I'd forgotten about lots of the events that go on because it's there's lots of action scenes and adventures and when they get to the the North Pole. Oh, spoilers! When they get to the North Pole, uh, it's it's suddenly it, it kicked off. It was once you get past that initial weirdness of the kids, uh, I think it's sort of it becomes a much better film. And once you get past the uncanny valley, it's it's it was a more fun-filled Christmas movie than I had recalled previously. So uh, right. it's still never going to be one of my favorite Christmas movies. But if it's on TV or it's if it's knocking about, I will happily sit and watch it. But it's. Uh, yeah, it's not one I would seek out, but it's right. it's a it's a pretty decent Christmas movie. There seem to be lots of films, especially going looking over the list later on. It was always there seem to be lots of these kind of films which would fill that middle ground when it comes to the holidays, Christmas time in right. particular, which just seem to be okay. And you're happy enough watching them if you've got some hot chocolates, a box of chocolates. Oh, Tom Hanks crossover, and uh, the like. What about you? What do you think of uh, the Polar Express? Um, you know, I, eh, I like it actually. I, I do. It's grown on me over the years. Um, it, it's not maybe my favorite favorite, but I, I think it's, 
it's a better film than I think maybe people gave it credit for at the time. You know, uh, I don't know if that's because of expectations of the, 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 the uncanny Valley effect. For those of you who don't know, by the way, uncanny Valley is that sort of the, 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 the phrase coined for like why um, it's so hard to kind of create CGI animated human characters, like realistic looking human characters. So there's something in the eyes that's missing. It makes them look kind of soulless. And that's called the uncanny Valley. And that is very much, this is the movie that sort of defines that. Cause there are so many human characters who are, you know, relatively realistic looking and they do have that sort of weirdly soulless uh, look to their eyes. Um, and I don't disagree with that, but I, it has grown on me. I, 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 um, I enjoy the story of it. I like the sort of the idea of, you know, I like you said, there's a lot of action to it. And, yeah, and yeah. you know, there's some really impressive CGI sequences, the train stuff, the North Pole stuff, you know. Um, and I just kind of like the, I don't know, like the the message of it about like believing in Christmas and the bell and all that stuff, I think is cute. And it's warm and it makes me feel like warm and fuzzy inside. So, um, it's so not, yeah, yeah, it's not a masterpiece, but I enjoy it. And I think I've grown to like it more um, over the years. Yeah, not something I watch like every Christmas or anything, but when it's on, I catch bits and pieces of it. I'm like, you know, this is a pretty good film, actually. Exactly, yeah, that, that's how I feel. But it's uh, it was listed uh, in the Guinness World Records as the first all-digital capture film. So it was right, breaking right. new ground. And so anything that breaks new ground is worth a bit of your time to check out, if you, even if you're, you're not a fan of it. But there we go. Yeah, and Robert, Robert Zemeckis directed that's it. That's right. Um, it's based on a, a children's book from 1985, which I've never read. Right. Well, I mean, you can read it. I've read it because you can read it in the bookstore. It'll take you about 37 seconds. Oh, it's just like the proper kids book. Yeah. yeah. Cool. It, yeah, it's okay, like a real but... kids book. It's like, you know, big, big hardcover with the pages with like two sentences on each page. You know what I mean? They definitely expanded it uh, for the for the movie. You know, I mean, the the, the, the book is pretty simple, um, but the, the movie obviously adds a lot to it. I, I do also, I will say we did do once or twice with the kids. Some of the, the sometimes an area near a train yeah uh they'll do, do the polar express you know where they drive okay. you kind of like them on it when they were young and it was cool because what they do is it was up in vermont where my in-laws live and they um put them on the train you're just in the train station and it's all normal and they drive you out you know about 20 minutes or so and then they drive you back and then when you get back they have completely decorated the entire train station to look like the north pole and they have oh, all wow. of like these volunteers who kind of aren't there when you first get there <laughs> dressed like elves saying like merry christmas merry christmas and it's like hundreds of people so like when you get off of the train with your kids there's all these like elves like wishing you merry christmas and these decorations and, and they give you like candy canes and they gave all the kids jingle bells and stuff like real bells like the leather straps and everything it was it was really cute and and very magical i thought so um i like that kind of that it's sort of grown beyond being just a book you know cool okay i think i could see that'd be nice to do with the kids yeah yeah it was fun when they were young uh, but for all any right of you, any of you watching this live on facebook or youtube uh you can comment and we can see it so let us know what you think of the polar express and the whole uncanny valley or Back we got or anything we talk about this evening, but if you leave a comment on Facebook or YouTube, we can see it, we can respond to it, we can throw it up. But it's only when you're watching live, obviously. But anything you do post after the fact, we can still see and we will uh, try and respond. But, Absolutely, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. All right, so let's go after the ending uh, of. The Polar Express. So I'll do the breakdown. Let's get that started. So The Polar Express, 2004, directed by Robert Zemeckis, uh, based on the, Chris by, the book by Chris Van Alsberg and starring Tom Hanks and Daryl Sabara. 
uh, now known as Mr. Megan Trainer. Um, and Tom Hanks does play multiple roles. He plays like five roles in the film. Uh, I mean, voicing them and also motion capturing for them. So uh, a young boy in Michigan sees a mysterious train appear outside of his house on Christmas Eve. The conductor tells him the train is traveling to the North Pole and invites him aboard where he meets several other children on their, on their way there too, including a girl, neither of whom have names in the movie, the main characters, the boy and the girl. So I'm just going to call them Hero Boy and Hero Girl because that's what they're called on Wikipedia. Um, so they stop to let another kid on board whose name is Billy. He's got a name. I'm not sure why. Uh, and the train <laughs> continues on its trek to the North Pole. Along the way, there are dangers on the track, and there's a ghostly hobo who helps Hero Boy. Then they all finally arrive in the North Pole and get into even more trouble uh, with the train car flying into the elves' workshop and all kinds of things like that. Hero Boy gets a bell from one of the reindeer, but he can't hear it ring until he believes in the spirit of Christmas. The elves tell the kids, that Santa Claus will select one child to receive the first gift of Christmas. Hero Boy loses his bell after he tried to give it back to Santa, but Santa encouraged him to keep it. Santa gives Hero Boy the first gift of Christmas, and then all the kids take the train home. The next morning, Hero Boy and his sister find that Santa has left the missing bell for Hero Boy, and he and his sister hear it ring, even though their parents don't. And the film ends with a Somewhat grown-up hero boy telling us that over the years, his sister and friends lost their belief and couldn't hear the bell ring anymore. But he could still hear it as an adult, as could all people who still truly believe. Beautiful. That is the Polar Express. Brilliant. You summed it up lovely. Thank you. Uh, all right. Whose turn to go first? Phil, do you remember? Any idea? I never know. I think, it's, I, think I went first last time. Okay. Then I'm on it. All right, here we go. This is what happens after the ending of the Polar Express. Hero Boy couldn't believe how quickly the world went to hell. <gasps> after the first recorded zombie bite, the entire world had been overrun in less than six months. Six months. <laughs> it was like one day the world was fine, and the next day there were barely a few thousand human survivors left anywhere. His sister and parents were long dead, victims of the hordes of the undead. He never thought he'd be grateful that his wife died before her time in a car accident, but he was glad she wasn't here to see what the world had come to. She was a gentle soul and didn't belong in a place like this. Now, after months on the road looking for a safe haven or fellow survivors that might restore his faith in humanity, because he'd met plenty who did the opposite, he had returned home to end it all. As he rummaged through the ruins of his apartment looking for a bottle of whiskey, a flash of silver caught his eye. He looked more carefully, and he realized it was the bell that Santa Claus had given him. Ha! Santa, he thought. The product of an, of an overactive imagination, more likely. But as he picked up the bell, he thought he heard a little tinkle, so he shook it again. And sure enough, it jingled. Well, what did you expect, he thought to himself. It's a bell. But suddenly, there was a commotion outside. And Hero Boy looked out the window, and he saw a gigantic train pull up. Pull up. And who stepped out of it? But Santa Claus. He looked up at Hero Boy's window and said... Thank God you still believed, son. Santa explained that he was aware of what had happened to the world, but when the population dwindled so low, there was no one left to believe in him, and he'd lost his powers, effectively trapping him in the North Pole. Santa, Hero Boy asked, do you have enough magic to restore the world to how it was before? Santa rolled up his sleeves and said, my boy, compared to delivering presents to every child in the world in one night, this will be a piece of cake. Unleash the elves, he yelled as swarms of elves came flooding out of the Polar Express. 
Hero's boy stood back and smiled, the jingle bell safe in his pocket, as he watched Santa start to put the world back together again. And that's the end. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Thanks. I, 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 believe, I believe that's what Robert Zemeckis uh, originally intended. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I definitely think if it had been a big enough success and he had made a trilogy out of it like he planned, that would have been the second act. Like, I definitely feel like that's where it would have gone, you know? Oh, I, w um, I want to see a horde of elves attacking a horde of zombies now. Yeah, I, I do feel like there's definitely some some gold to be mined here. You know, I, I so like if this gets made into a movie somewhere, someone steals my idea. Just you guys watching and listening will know. I I had the thought first. Elvis yeah, because we've got Christmas versus we've had Santa versus the Martians uh, movie. So right, right. A Santa fighting zombies would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, I cool. feel like, I like that. It's good. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I had fun with that. All right. Well, let's hear what you got then. Go ahead, Phil. Tell us how you see it going after the ending. Okay. In all the years since his adventures on the Polar Express, the boy, now a man, never stopped believing. He rang the bell every Christmas and enjoyed his time with his family every holiday. Then one Christmas, many, many years later, the bell rang by itself. Mm. The man was shocked. He'd never done that before. He grabbed the bell and then heard a train pull up in the street outside. The old man, older than he, he ever believed he would be in feeling his years, went outside into the cold. The Polar Express was there, but it looked older, damaged, as if it was falling apart. Patches of rust everywhere, bits missing from the wheels, what have you. The conductor left the train and walked over to the old man, a smile on his face. Good to see you again, said the conductor. Are you ready? Uh, ready for what? asked the old man. You know... You've not been well, and we've come to take you on one last journey. The man didn't feel cold anymore. He looked around and saw that the train was perfect once more, and he looked down at himself and realised he was back in his prime. Come on, said the conductor. The hot chocolate will be ready now. Let's get you on your next adventure. And that's my ending. Very nice. I like it. I like it. See, now... I you went for like the more sentimental ending and I went for the zombie ending, which I feel like is reversed from our normal approaches, right? Like I usually go for the sappy stuff. And you That's go for what the I was thinking stuff. when you were doing yours. It's like a, a freaky Friday thing going on. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. It's a Christmas miracle. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, but I like that. I like that. That's very nice. Very true to the spirit of the book, I feel like, or the movie, I should say. So, uh, and I could picture it all in my head as you were as you were telling it. So nicely done. Thank you very much. Very nicely done. All right, so there you go. Those are our endings for The Polar Express, uh, a polarizing Christmas <gasps> animated movie. <laughs> see what I did there? I see what you did there. There's yeah. snow. Some people like it, and some people don't. There's so, snow telling what you'll come up with next. <laughs> uh, that was good. Thank you for that. Nothing wrong with a few, uh, a few winter slash holiday puns. Um, but yeah, so there you go. That's our endings for the Polar Express, and uh, uh, I thought they're both they're both uh, really well done. Nice job with yours, Phil. I enjoyed that. All right, idea. so that then is going to bring us to our next comment. Uh, no, not our next comment. Our next segment I got half the word right. Our next segment, which is our top five animated Christmas movies. Woo! Exactly. I, I forgot to bring my Christmas bells up. I'm, I'm shaking my uh, Christmas bells, uh, but you can only hear them if you believe in Christmas. Uh, I can hear them then, Phil. See, I heard them yeah, clear as day. 
because I still believe. Um, so top five animated Christmas movies. Now, as yeah. always, Phil, let's discuss our criteria. Did you have any criteria for this list? Well, yeah, because when we initially came up with the list, I was thinking, oh, there's loads and loads of feature-length Christmas animated movies. This will be a piece of cake, piece of Christmas cake or mince pie right. or your snack of choice over the, the festive period. Uh, turns out there aren't that many. <laughs> no, no, there aren't. And, and, and of the ones that there are, there are fewer that are good. Exactly, and that was yes. a stumbling block. But by the time we realized this, it was, it, it was too late to do anything about it because we didn't have much time left to change things up before we recorded. So we decided to power through. So how did you, what was your sort of uh, measuring stick for whether it belonged on the list or not? Or was there any? Anything I'd heard of. No, uh, <laughs> basically. As long as it was animated in some way, either whether it was hand-drawn, CG, stop motion, mm-hmm. what have you, anything like that. Uh, feature length, if preferable, but it could also be a short film, or it could be you have these Christmas specials, especially over in, in the States. I know you have lots of them through the years. Yeah. Uh, I was also toying with the idea of, if need be, going for like a special of a uh, of a TV show or things like that. But luckily, I didn't need to go that far. But I had in the back of my mind maybe the community Christmas special where you had the stop motion thing episode, but I didn't need to do that. But Yes, it was it, it was basically getting smaller and smaller as it went on. Well, shorter and shorter in length, but right. mainly feature films, but with a, uh, maybe a couple of shorter films thrown in. What about right, you? Right. Uh, pretty much the same. My initial, uh, you know, uh, criteria was to be a feature length animated Christmas movie, but I realized I wouldn't actually have enough for a top five that I actually liked enough to put on a top five list. Uh, so very quickly, then it became the same type of thing where like, you know, specials or short films or things like that were included to mostly feature length because I did have enough that I liked that I could put on there. But I, I do have a couple that are not quite, uh, full-length films but i figured hey that's the spirit of christmas right i'm it's, it's about giving so i'm giving these short films a chance to be on my list perfect <laughs> perfect <laughs> all it right so like um it, why don't you go ahead sorry go ahead good it does sound like uh, one of our, our classic last minute lists <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't meant to be to be fair i know, we I know it, was, uh, it went earlier through. Yeah, we had a few different choices as it went on, but uh, it's what it's funny though. Sometimes we do come up with these lists and we go, Oh, that'll be no problem, there's loads to choose from, and then you just right. go, What? Yeah, what's going that's on? That's what happened. It's exactly what happens. I thought when I said okay to it, uh, because you had the idea for it, and I was like, Oh, yeah, that'll be easy to do. And so we were like, Great. And then by the time, because I was I was running a little bit behind, I usually try and do my list ahead of time, but today I was I was really crunched for time, so I was doing it you know, not too long before we recorded. And I was like, Oh, that was not a great idea. There are a lot less of these that I, uh, that I could think of. And there was one that I thought of that I was like, Oh, what's that film I watched last year. And then I looked it up and I was like, Oh yeah, that's live action. I swear it was animated, but it was, yeah, I, I had, I had a couple <laughs> of ones where I'm going, that was, that was no. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. So How the that's all right. Too. All righty. Well, why don't you go ahead and kick us off then? Give us your number five, top five yes, okay. animated Christmas movies. My number five is uh, from 1983, and it is Mickey's Christmas Carol, uh, which is an adaptation of a little-known author, a little-known story, which has never been adapted ever again. 
Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol. You probably never heard of it because, oh my God, how many, joking aside, how many times has been made into a, a film or show anyway? And there's another right. one coming out on Netflix right. soon. But anyway, this one is uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol, 1983. Mickey Mouse is, uh, yeah, don't get confused. It's not Muppet Christmas Carol. I think this is the Disney one, Mickey Mouse, Jiminy Cricket, what have you. Uh, we all know the story of Christmas Carol. Ebenezer Scrooge is in it, played by, wait for it, Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. And Mickey Mouse is Natural Bob Cratchit. Casting. There you go. It's all you need right. to know. Uh, the only other thing is... Uh, no, that's it. Yeah. But I like it. It's good fun. I've always liked the story of a Christmas Carol. I like Mickey Mouse. I like Scrooge McDuck. It seemed like the perfect blend. That's my number five. There you go. All right. Good choice. Okay. My number five... Um... I don't want to say too much about it. I actually put it, the Polar Express as my number five uh, oh, okay. because it a it fits the criteria of being yeah uh, being an animated Christmas movie um, and I like it. It's like I said, it's not it's not a masterpiece. I and mean, like if I was doing my top five Christmas films, it it wouldn't make the yeah, list. But yeah. from a much smaller playing field for animated Christmas films, um, I I do enjoy it, and I think you know it's a good solid film. So if I'm listing out, if I'm looking for an, uh, an animated holiday movie to watch, uh, this one will get put on. Now, like I said, not every year. We don't watch it every year. It's more of one that kind of, if it comes on, I'll sit down and watch a little bit of it, but I do enjoy it. So I thought it deserved kind of like the, that last place spot on the list. I think that seems about gotcha. right. That's good. Okay. My number four, oh, but the Polo Express didn't make my list. Uh, I figured. Discuss that. Yeah, but uh, my number five, uh, sorry, my number four is uh, it's a, a British animated short film, or as it's described as an animated television film and symphonic poem. It is The Snowman, oh. based on Raymond Briggs's work. I don't know this, is it the Snowman chant over in the States? Not like the little boy called The Snowman? I mean, I've heard of it only because of like reading about it, but I don't, I don't recall ever seeing it here or being available here anywhere. Maybe if I did a search, it might be on one of the streaming services or something like that. But it's not one I'm overly familiar with. I haven't seen it. Okay, well, it's all about. It's only twenty six minutes long, but it's done in a beautiful, uh, I'm not sure, is it looks like watercolor or pastel kind of animation. But it's all about a boy wakes up one morning, sees it's been snowing, so he goes out and builds a snowman, gets excited, uh, and then that evening or he wakes up anyway and sees that the snowman is, is gone and he realizes the snowman's alive. The snowman comes in the house and is looking around and then they go outside and the snowman takes the boy's hand and they run and then they take off into the, they fly into the air. There's apparently snowman can fly. And there's a, there's a song that goes with it called Walking in the Air, which was a big hit over here about Christmas time. But they go flying around. Oh yeah, that's the big thing about it. It starts off with David Bowie, uh, live action. For the first wow. opening, it was like an introduction thing where he's walking around going, I, I remember the time when I was a kid. David Bowie. That's it. And uh, <laughs> he'd, uh, he'd, he finds this book, the snowman book, and he starts reading it, and that's how this, we get into the story. But anyway, they fly off to the North Pole, and they, they meet Father Christmas, and there's more snowmen dancing around, and then they come back. And it's a, it's a beautiful little thing. Uh, it was, it's on every year. It's, uh, there, was a, there was a poll back in 2004 where... Uh, it came third in the 100 Greatest Christmas Moments. Huh. It's, uh, cool. it's very popular over here. Uh, but it's yeah, it's a beautiful story. It's very short, and it ends It's it ends with, oh, well, if you watch it, it's not the happiest of ending, but it's also a way of showing that things things come to an end, but they, they begin again and so on and so forth. But it's uh, that's my number four, The Snowman. 
All right, sounds good. My number four is another full-length film. It is from 2012. It is Rise of the Guardians. Um, That's a bingo. That's my number three. Oh, look at that. All right, very good. So there we go. So so my number four, your number three. Three, uh, but Rise of the Guardians makes both of our lists. Um, it's uh, it's a fun movie. It's got uh, Alec Baldwin and Hugh Jackman and Jude Law and Isla Fitcher and uh, other people. And it's basically like um, Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. I think the Tooth Fairy um, and somebody else. They team up to defeat this character called Pitch, uh, who's kind of this I don't know, like evil Jack Frost kind of character. He's like all black, you know, and everything like that. And um, it's kind of an action adventure film. It, it didn't do very well at the box office. Like, I think it was primed to be this big animated hit, like one of these big kind of franchise films as, as what the I think the expectation for it was, or at least the hope from the studio. But it, it never um, did well enough to to kind of warrant that. But I actually think it's a pretty fun film. I like it. I like the characters, the voices, like the way they play them, like... Um, Alec Baldwin is Santa Claus, you know, he's got that kind of goofy accent, you know, Hugh Jackman is the Easter Bunny, I think. Um, like they just have fun with these characters and they kind of, they kind of play against type a little bit, you know, Santa Claus isn't just like this warm ho, ho, ho. He's like a big Russian, like tattooed, like, you know, kind of yeah, ruffian like almost, a, you know? Yeah. He's like a Russian gangster, isn't he? The way. He yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's got some really good action sequences. Chris Pine is in it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's a fun film. It looks really good. And again, it's not something I, I throw in like every Christmas, but it's actually been a few years since I've watched it now. And I'm kind of like, oh, you know, that'd be fun to watch that again. I enjoy that movie. So that's my number four, Rise of the Guardians. And, and Phil, continue. Yeah, it's my number three. And it's like, like you say, it's a lot of fun. It's one of those ones because of the different uh, figures in it. Santa Claus, Tooth Fairy, Easter Bunny. Sandman, you can watch it. You don't have to just watch it at Christmas, but I, I, I like it in particular because of Alec Baldwin, Santa in it, because he's a tough guy, but also he cares because he's Santa. I like Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackman as the Easter Bunny. He's inspired. Uh, the, the, the character design is, is brilliant on all of them. I think there's like the Sandman as well, as I really like him. Pitch Black, the, the evil figure in it, is, uh, is good. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks like it was based on a series of books called The Guardians of Childhood, which I've never read, but... Like you said, oh, okay. it was. I think it was yeah. poised to be an ongoing. It's almost like the Avengers of, of the fantastical, right, uh, figures of our childhood. But it's uh, yeah, it's lots of fun. Some good action scenes. Some good use of the powers. Uh, nice seeing them all interact. And just it's 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 like taking these classic, fantasy figures and just sort of twisting them a bit, thinking a bit outside the box of what to do with them. Uh, it's a shame it didn't do better because I would have liked to have seen more. That's uh, yeah. my number three. All right. There you go. Well, we're on the same page there. I may or may not still have a couple more. Uh, you know, they'll show up on both of our lists. Uh, my number three is a tie. And one of the things on the tie was on your list already, actually. So it's a tie between a Charlie Brown Christmas and Mickey's Christmas Carol. Um, so Charlie Brown Christmas, of course, Charlie Brown and the little tree and all the kids. And it's on TV every year and it's wonderful. And it's just like you can't not like it, I feel like. Um, and then tied with that is Mickey's um, Christmas Carol. Again, they're both sort of short films. You know, I, I've talked about the, the Disney stuff on the show before. I'm a big Disney fan. I love the classic Disney characters as well as like their newer stuff. You know, like the whole Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, Donald. I'm a big huge uncle scrooge fan i read all the uncle scrooge comics and everything and um yeah this is one i saw as a kid i loved it you know it is just an adaptation of a christmas carol but with the disney characters but it's got that sort of classic animation style to it and um 
you know, like, you know, you said like they've remade a Christmas Carol so many times, but I think that's because honestly, it's just such a perfect story. Right. I mean, there's, yeah, there's yeah, just classic. nothing wrong. There's no missteps with the Christmas Carol. I mean, it's just such a perfectly crafted story of this character, these three ghosts, the transformation he goes through, you know, like it's just, it's so, it's just perfect. You know, Dickens just nailed it. So I feel like it's like, that's why it's always being redone because you can't get much better than that, you know? So seeing it in a Disney fied version is a lot of fun. So yeah. So Charlie Brown Christmas, again, it's a television classic. I don't know if they play it over there every year, like they do here. Not not but... every year. It pops up now and again, but yeah, I know it's, it's I know okay. it's a big deal in the States. Like the, the, isn't there a Halloween Charlie Brown as well? Pumpkin. The great pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie Brown. It's, a, it's the great, great pumpkin. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie Brown. Yeah, they do. Um, they do play over the, here, but not as regularly. Yeah. But I know they don't the have the same. Great. Kind of, they, they're much bigger deal over in the states, I think. But uh, yeah, right, but, right. Oh, but, yeah, so I love to watch it, and um, right, right. So that's my number three. Is those two good? Good picks. That's actually thinking of next year. We could do our top five adaptations of A Christmas Carol. Yeah, there's, yeah, so there's, there's enough, of them, but we got to make sure there's enough good ones first, though, just to make sure. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, well, we're up to my number two. My number two is uh, a film which is uh, based on story and characters by Tim Burton, not directed by, uh, right? Uh, but it's directed by Henry Selleck. It is a nightmare, no, the nightmare before Christmas stop motion extravaganza, which can be watched at Halloween or Christmas equally, or not because- at all. Or not at all, yeah, if you don't like it. But uh, I really like it. I like the songs. I like the animation. I like the style. Uh, I like the story. makes me laugh. Uh, I'm still always a bit disturbed by the whole, the way Santa looks. Very weird. But uh, on the whole, I like it. It's got a great voice cast, great songs. Many of you will already know it, but uh, the whole thing of Jack Skellington is... uh, He's a bit of an idiot, a bit of a plonker, to be honest. But uh, I like it. I like to see how it goes. I love the whole, uh, his dog as well. Lots of little bits I like, lots of the characters. I think, uh, yeah, as a whole lot, it's, I do like it. It's why it's my number two. There we go, Nightmare Before Christmas. All right, well, there you go. Well, that it uh, did not make my list, and that is because I largely despise that movie, um, which I know is not gaining many fans, because everyone loves that movie, and it's a huge, you know, like, you know well-loved film amongst like it has its own like kind of cult following if you will because there's always like new merchandise it's like perennially favorite uh i've never liked it um i saw it in theaters opening night i hated it um and then i watched it like five years ago or so because i was like you know it's been like 25 years like maybe i just you know was probably had my hopes up too high and i was disappointed and blah 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 uh, so I watched it again with an open mind and I was like, maybe I'm going to learn to love Nightmare Before Christmas. Nope. Still hated it. I just do not like that movie. I do not understand what everybody likes about it. Visually, it looks great. You know, no denying the visuals are fantastic, but that's to be expected from Henry Selleck, who also made an actual great stop motion movie with Coraline, which is a masterpiece mm-hmm. um, and a couple other good ones in his uh, repertoire. But I, I do not. I just don't like Nightmare Before Christmas. So I apologize if people out there have lost faith in me. That's I can't do anything about that, but it's just, I just don't like that film. So it's not on my list, well, but can't say I'm it surprised. Good to see it. It's, uh, it's good that it did. Uh, your first instinct was correct. You didn't like it when you first saw it, and watching it again years later, you still didn't like it. So, yeah, your instincts yeah. were correct. Right, it just doesn't work for me. You know what I mean? So, 
All right. My number two then uh, is a, another animated special, not a feature length film, um, but it is the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas, uh, I believe from 1965, I want to say. And it's the one Dr. Seuss's, you know, How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Boris yeah, Karloff. Yeah doing the voice and uh you know the songs he's a mean one mr grinch and all that like it's just to me you know perfect like it's it's again it's short it's like 26 minutes but it's just got everything you could want it is a terrific adaptation of the original dr seuss book it adds the music in and those songs have become kind of a part of our consciousness um and you know looks great the animation style which chuck jones if i'm not mistaken right chuck jones animated it um you know it's got that it looks like dr seuss but also like bugs bunny a little bit you know it's uh it's just a perfect little animated feature that i think um you know is a classic and it's a classic for a reason so that's my number two how the grinch stole christmas the original 1965 animated special good stuff and that's that's inspired a few more adaptations as it were but uh yeah again that doesn't play that probably plays more over in the states than it does here but i've seen it uh, and i did enjoy it but it's i've not right. seen it in a long time good Fair stuff enough. okay well my number one is uh, a film from not too long ago from 2019 ah, uh, i know which one it is written, I by, written and directed by sergio pablos and it's uh, Claus, or I suppose it'd be Klaus, but it's Claus. Yeah, uh, right, right, right. The Netflix one uh, from, I'd say, 2019, and it deals more, it's more like an origin story to how he came about. It's about a postman going to this small town, and it's all crappy and horrible, and there's a woodsman who's got a big white beard, and uh, he's a bit of a recluse, and they become friends, uh, and they start getting letters sent and rumors start spreading about the, the man who makes toys and you find out he's got a tragic backstory and it's just, it's a real, it's a real nice film. I know nice isn't the best way to describe something, but sometimes a film is just nice. And I, sure. I love the art style. I love the, the whole town and the different, the different dynamic of the townspeople and the main character, the postman, but I mean, the initially the reclusive t- toy maker called Klaus Claus, sorry, who's voiced by J.K. Simmons, who's always really good, and pretty much looks. I think he's making a Father yep. Christmas yeah. film with, yeah, with Dwayne Johnson. But yeah, this one, it's it's really nice at the end. It made me cry. But it's a uh, it's a beautiful story. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, it's it's on Netflix. So go and watch it. But it is Claus, as in Santa Claus, as in very Claus. good. I thought that might be on your list because I remember when you watched it that you mentioned it that you liked it. I um I have not watched it yet, so it did not make my list. Um, might have made my list if I had gotten around to seeing it, but I yeah. haven't. You know, the problem is there's a very limited window of time to watch Christmas movies, and if you don't get them in, you wait till the next year a lot of times. I know some people like to watch their Christmas movies in July and stuff like that, but I'm kind of a December-only type of Christmas movie-watching guy. So, like, you know, every year I'm like, yeah. okay, i got to watch Claus. Got to watch Santa Claus Chronicles or the whatever, you know, all those movies. And I just keep not getting around to them. So um, good choice. Thank you very much. All right. That will bring us to my number one then. A little disappointed it didn't end up on your list, but maybe you haven't seen it. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe you just don't like it as much as I do. Uh, but it's from 2011 and it is Arthur Christmas starring James McAvoy and Jim Broadbent. We almost got the list, went back and forth, but it's been, I don't think I've seen it since then. Right. I remember enjoying it, but I need to have a rewatch, I think. Well, fair on. enough. Totally fair. No, totally fair. It's um, you know, it's Arthur Christmas. He he is the son of Santa Claus, and basically Santa Claus kind of has this the North Pole thing run, 
you know, clockwork with all everything is down to the minute with computers and the elves and they, you know, it's all this like well-oiled machine, but Santa Claus accidentally forgets or leaves out a present for a girl. And rather than fix it himself, he sends off his very good hearted, but bumbling son, Arthur Christmas to deliver it. And then of course leads to all sorts of wacky hijinks. Um, and, you know, okay. Admittedly, it gets a bit of a James McAvoy bump for me because, you know, James McAvoy is one of my absolute favorites. And I think everything he's in is awesome, or at least is better for him being in it. Um, but I really enjoyed Arthur Christmas. I think it's a really good, fun, funny film. It's great for audiences. It's one of those animated films that I think, you know, the kids will really like, but adults will enjoy because the humor is sharp. It's well-written. You know, it's got a lot of jokes about like sort of logistics of Christmas. You know, it really dives into like, how do they get all these presents to people, you know, in one night, you know, and it's all this kind of like behind the scenes look at the, the North Pole and how all the presents are delivered and stuff. And then you have Arthur Christmas, who is an endearing character made even more so because of james mcavoy um and it's just so it's like you know it's one of those kind of classic stories of like the kid doesn't quite live up to his dad's expectations but here's his chance to prove him wrong but then everything goes wrong but you know his heart's in the right place so will he save the day in the end and it's not hard to figure out if he will or not um but i think it's 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 fun and it's magical and it's a great christmas family movie that you can watch with pretty much anybody of all ages and i think everybody will enjoy it so that's my number one 2011's arthur christmas highly recommend you guys check it out if you haven't seen it Excellent choice. I do remember enjoying it. I did like, I like the fact it was a family, it had the family dynasty of, of Santa's yep. going down. But yeah, I'll have to give that a rewatch. I might give that, I might watch that tomorrow if I get a chance. But uh, a very good film to make your number one. Yeah, thank you. All right. So there you go. Okay. So not as much overlap as I expected, actually. Yeah, I thought we might have um, more. Uh, you know, Rise of the Guardians was one, and then the Mickey's Christmas Carol was like was like a half because it was tied for me. Yeah, yeah. I thought maybe a couple more might might uh, cross populate. So I'm glad. I think we got a nice um, nice range there. I think so too. And I, for those watching us live, I appear to have frozen. So apologies for that. <laughs> well, that's just keeping in the theme of Christmas, right? Because it's winter outside. We have snow on the ground over here. So you froze. That's, that's exactly I think it. that's just a dedication to your art, Phil. Is what I think that is. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. All right. So that's going to wrap up our top five list. Uh, you know, as you always like to tell people, Phil, let us know what you think. Let us know what is going to be on your top five list, and uh, we'll be happy to share them or comment on them. <gasps> Meanwhile, and lo and behold, you said that. Do we get a comment, comment from Richard okay. Brown? From oh, there we go. Let's hear it. He or says. Recalling your divided opinions on this before, I'd be willing to do a rotoscope version of Die Hard to comply with this top five. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Listen, I will take you up on that, Richard. If, you, if you're willing to put the time and effort and budget into doing that, I will definitely watch it. I'll even review it right it. here on the show. That'd so we would be up for that. Absolutely. I do like a bit uh, of yet, it will never not be divided until Phil admits that he's wrong and that Die Hard is clearly not a Christmas movie because it's not about Christmas uh, in any way, shape, or form. But until that day comes, we will continue to be a podcast divided. Yes, we will never. That's why we've got a. It's lucky we've got an ocean between us. Otherwise, this would be. <laughs> Yeah. It would like come down to fisticuffs, most likely. I think we would both be like, "No, you're wrong," you know, <laughs> which would be bad. All right, that's sorry. What? <laughs> Now I have a machine gun. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, go back to England, you bloody 
What do you? No, I was about to say you bloody yank, but that's me. I'm the yank. I don't know. You're the yank, Mike. You're a Brit. That doesn't sound very like demeaning, though. It's just what you are. You're British. All right, whatever. Anyway, for those just just tuning in, we are friends. We're not trying to start a new civil war. No. Back in the day, you know that that didn't go too well for for us. So let's let's move on. All righty, that's going to bring us to our final segment of the show, which is ATE recommends. What are Phil and I enjoying these days? So we're going to tell you guys some things that we're we're digging on. Uh, let's see. So I guess it's my turn then, right? Because you, I, I did the first. Is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I only have one this week, and uh, it's pretty easy. I got to bring up the picture. I have to bring up a picture of it because there's no physical thing for it yet. Um, but it is. Hang on. Let me do the me. For those it? people watching. Let me do the thing with the camera here. It is. Dun, 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 dun. It is Willow. The TV show on Disney Plus, the streaming series on Disney Plus, um, and it it fills my heart with gladness to talk about Willow again. Uh, it's men- mentioned on the show. I've talked about it before about how much I love the original movie and what a big, humongous, obsessive fan I was of it when I was just a young lad. Um, and now they've brought it out as a TV show on Disney Plus, and it is magical. The first episode literally brought tears to my eyes. Uh, there was a, a moment in it that was great, and the music cue from the original film kind of kicked in for the first time, and I just I like welled up because it was like so beautiful. Um, and we're three episodes in. I really like I mean, the first episode is perfect, honestly. I loved it. The writing is amazing. I think the characters are great. The cast is great. Second episode, I still really enjoyed. Not as good as the first. But then the third episode kind of turned around. There's a huge action scene that really kind of was reminiscent of the original movie, but but with even better effects and kind of stuff like that. Um, and uh, I just really love what they're doing with the show. You know, it's not... It's an ensemble piece, you know, they put together, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like, well, it's like if the Lord of the Rings TV show wasn't boring as hell and actually had some semblance of fun to it. That's <laughs> what you Like if you're looking for a good Lord of the Rings show and you're not satisfied with the Amazon one, watch Willow because that's what it is. It's a Lord of the Rings show, right? They're on a quest. It's a group of people. They've even got a little short dude like the Hobbits, right? Uh, they're on a quest and it's but it's fun it's fun the characters are fun the writing there's a lot of humor like the original movie had it's got action it's got some magic it's got a great you know young attractive cast and then some not so attractive older characters and like there's guest stars like joanne whaley uh who played sorsha in the original movie she shows up in the first two episodes which is amazing to see her um of course uh Warwick Davis returns as Willow, um, one of the other Nelwyn characters from the movie, one of his friends who's in the film shows up in the first few episodes so far. Um, so it's just really, it's. I think it's like, if you're a Willow fan, it's magical and delightful. And if you're not a Willow fan, but you just want to watch like a good kind of fantasy TV show, you can totally watch it. It doesn't even matter if you've seen the movie or not. Um, but I, I love it. It's amazing. And so that is my recommendation this week. Cause I want everybody to watch Willow because I want to make sure we get more seasons of it. So I need everybody to go and stream it now. So the ratings are high so that Disney brings it back. Cause I want more Willow in my life. Plain and good, simple. Good stuff. I have still yet to watch it purely because uh, you got to watch it. It's but so I good. Do Willow, as you know, we, for those who want to see what we thought happened after the ending of the original film, we did that way back in episode 96. So that's back when we were just wow. audio only. But if you listen, wherever you listen to this, our podcast version, episode 96 is where we did that. I can't uh, believe it took us 96 episodes to get around to Willow. That, I know, I know. So, uh, as is often the case, I can't recall what either of us did. Yeah, I mean, neither. I, but, um, yeah, I also, really 
yeah, I also can't believe that that was so long ago too, because we've been doing this for quite some time now that we're well into our two hundreds. So I know it's crazy, but uh, I the film Willow itself, the original one, is also on Disney Plus, I believe. So if you haven't yes. seen it and you want to start the beginning, it is there. But I have hope we'll hopefully get that watched at some point over the next few weeks. Because it's the releasing an episode a week now, on the yeah, it's on Wednesdays and one a new episode a week, which I like that they didn't just drop them all, yeah, so that yeah. I can you know like tomorrow I get to watch another one, and um, I don't know exactly how many episodes it is. I think it's probably their usual like six or eight, but or maybe more. I'm hoping it's at least like ten, but I just yeah. hope it does well enough to give us more. I'm really enjoying it, and I oh. think people will if they take the time to watch it. You know, and I, I don't mean that like as a dig. I just mean like if people are interested enough to sit down and watch it, I think they'll like it and keep coming back. Good stuff. Okay, that's great to know. I look forward to checking it out. Yeah. Any other recommendations, or is it just the one? That, just that one tonight. Okay, I've got two. Neither of them are are Christmassy. Both of them are quite uh, hardcore, to be honest. But anyway, <laughs> first one is a book. It's a novel by Harry Cruz called The Gospel Singer. Huh. Okay. Which is uh, it's set it's set in like the deep south of America and. I'm still quite sure what time period, maybe the 40s or 50s, uh -huh. but it's it's a very dark, it's very, it's it's all about this guy who left the small town America and became this gospel singer who wowed people. He appeared in Carnegie Hall uh, and he's meant to be beautiful and good looking, but he comes back to the town he left and the town is like a cesspool and there's a, there's a freak show outside, just outside the town, which seems to be full of the only decent people around, but the gospel singer comes back and everybody thinks he's going to lift them and and make the make the town a better place again, but you find out that the gospel singer is maybe worse than all of them. Uh, but the way it's written by Harry Cruz is just it's extremely well. It's it's extremely well written, but he covers incredibly dark things and horrible things to look at. But he does it in such a cool way. You know, when you're reading something, going, "Wow, oh no, I've just pictured that in my head." But the way he described it, that's amazing. How did he do that? It's really good. He writes terrible people doing horrible things but it's it's one of those ones where you know the writer's really good and it just pulls you through the story and you just i've not quite finished it i don't know whether i'm going to feel kind of dirty at the end of it but it's <laughs> there, are, there are some really good bits though which made me laugh as well made me chuckle uh, a couple of times when i've chuckled and gone should i be laughing at that but anyway <laughs> it's uh it's originally i think it's an old one i'm reissued let me just quickly check uh sorry sorry just before but it is originally from 1968. Wow, okay. But I think this has recently been republished. But uh, I saw it on some... Oh, I can't remember. Sorry, guy on YouTube was talking about it. Man Carrying Things, he was talking about it. That's it. But uh, that's my first one. And the second okay. one is... Uh, well, it's a film. Goodfellas is really good anyway. But it's I got sent this. It is a new series of Blu-rays, high-end Blu-ray editions, limited edition, uh, 3,000. Uh, it's called mm. The Film Vault. Yes, it's, I'm, it's 4K I'm and Blu-ray, but it's uh, it's got covers designed by Matt Ferguson and Flory and includes premium collectibles as well as just look at that. It's beautiful, beautiful yeah. like that. It's uh, they've got Blade Runner, Goodfellas, Scarface, and 1917 so far, and I think the plan is to do more. But you open it up, and for those listening, I'm showing what this is. It's a big box which contains a smaller box full of stills from the film and the poster. It also has the Blu-ray and 4K in this lovely, lovely case. And there's also some kind of, I think it's glass, but it's like, I think that's limited edition as well. Like yeah. a paperweight thing. I think if this, because this was a review copy I got sent, if you have, if you bang a copy, it will have the number you, you have bought within that. I believe, apologies if I'm wrong, but 
Goodfellas is a great film. Uh, and if you like good artwork, if you like, if you if you really like a film and you want to have like a real good copy of it, I think this is uh, this is perfect. And if you've got a film lover who you know will like it, it's a really good Christmas gift as well. But it's it's called the Film Vault range from Warner Brothers, uh, featuring films from Warner Brothers, Universal, and Vice Press who did the art. Yes, I, and I'm not sure I assume they will be at some point. If not. That's my recommendations. Okay. Um, so I hate you a little bit right now, Phil. I'm not going to lie, um, because I read about those and I got very excited because, you know, I love I love home video. I like physical media. I love well-packaged physical media with collector's editions. They don't, just don't do as many of those anymore. And I got very excited because, you know, I do home video column for your website, Live for Films. And uh, I thought, okay, good. I should be getting review copies of these. I'm very excited. And it turns out they're UK only. They're not. Oh, they're UK only. Oh, sorry, I didn't. Not know. released in the U.S. I think because I was a little surprised because of the fact that they are from different studios, right? Like Warner yeah, Brothers yeah. and Sony. Usually, when they like over here, especially when we release that type of thing, it's like it would be like a film vault from like WB, not from the different That's companies. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's a, it's like a, it's like a Criterion type of thing almost, where like Criterion has the licenses from different companies, right? But yeah, yeah. because of whatever reasoning, it's a UK only thing, or at least it's not in the US. I should say it's not available here, so I'm not going to get them, and it makes me very sad because they're they're gorgeous, and I'm jealous. So, but great recommendation. But yeah, it's the one of those ones as well. It's uh, they're available on Amazon and other places where you buy. Blu-rays, uh, they're a little bit more on the expensive side, but as I said, if you're a fan of the particular films that they're doing, or you want to treat somebody this Christmas, uh, it's definitely worth checking out because the quality of the packaging is is really good. And it's just, yeah. it looks nice. I've been keeping it on my shelf behind normally. right? Uh, so it, it, it makes a nice piece of art just to have on the, standing on the shelf. So that's uh, it's good there. Well, hopefully at some point, maybe they'll I don't. It's all weird with licenses, isn't it? When it comes to films, uh, yeah, right. so. yeah. And then when you when you cross from one country to the next, it changes up all over again. You know what I yeah. mean? So, who knows? I mean, we get plenty of good stuff over here too, but those are really nice, and they have some good films. Three out of the four of the films are films I really like. So, um, I was excited about it, and then my excitement was dashed. Yeah, well, it's. I think I think the plan is as well. They're going to release some more, but in different batches. Yeah, I think yeah. we'll be seeing how this one goes. But oh, right. with this one as well, Goodfellas is. Uh, this isn't the limited edition thing of it though, but it's number two in the series. I think Blade Runner was number one. So yeah, I believe you're right. Out there, you know, I know some people like to get every single thing, but there we go. Right. Very good. Great recommendation. All Thank right. So that will wrap up our recommendations. And hopefully that'll give you something to chew on for a little bit. Go watch Willow. Uh, but it's going to start to wrap us up. But before we wrap up, a couple of last things. Uh, first of all, this is our last episode of the year. So whether you're watching live or watching later or listening later or whatever, uh, this will be our last episode of 2022. Just because this is where we like to kind of end things where we do our holiday episode, our holiday extravaganza. And then we like to take a little break for the holidays because it's tough to be like, hey, let's record an episode two days before Christmas. Like everyone's always busy and stuff. So we take the rest of the year off. When we come back in January, it'll probably probably won't be like the very first week of January. We're going to try and do usually we try and kick off the year with our top 10 films of 2022 special episode. Uh, so sometimes we like to give ourselves an extra week or two to make sure we can see some of those end of the year films that we know will make our list. We just have to find time to see them. Uh, but we will be back as always. You cannot get rid of us. Apparently we are the uh, 
the cockroaches <laughs> of uh, the podcast world. I don't know. Last week we were the, the most unpredictable podcast in the world. I think I like that better. Um, yeah. But yeah. So we'll be back with that. We may do might kick off with our top 10 of 2022. Maybe we'll do a regular episode and then our top 10. We'll play it by ear. But um, we will be back, uh, just not in 2022. So if you are listening or watching, um, let me take an opportunity to say thank you for listening and or watching. Any time anybody chooses to spend any amount of time watching or listening to what Phil and I have to say, we are honored by that. And I do truly mean that. Um, and make sure you all have happy holidays, Merry Christmases, and great New Year's, and be happy and healthy and a little bit sappy too, like I'm doing right now, because it goes a long way. So let's spread some warmth and kindness in the world and make sure everybody has a great holiday season. Phil, would you like to add anything? So anyway, the serial killer comes out of the dark. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, first of all, before I go any further, I want to say hi to Paul, and I hope you sleep well, uh, because I found out my friend Paul, he said he's been uh, getting back into the podcast, but he's been listening to us, uh, especially when he goes to sleep. And he says he finds it weird because I know Paul from when I've worked with him and he's an old friend. He says he, fa- he still finds it weird, though, having me in his ear as he's just got to sleep. So, hi, Paul. Hello, Sleep-o. Paul. Sleep well. I don't have a name. <laughs> Unless they're nightmares yeah. about serial killers. Yeah. But like uh, like Mike said, we do appreciate the time you take to listen or watch what we do. Uh, it means a lot. You might not think it, but we do put a lot of work into it. I mean, some weeks more than others, admittedly, (laughs) but we do. We do put a lot of work into it. Uh, And we've been going now for a long, long time. If you've been listening to us from the beginning, it's great. Thank you for all of this. If you're new to us, thank you as well. You've got loads of adventures to hear back. Try the fish. That'll make sense. (laughs) Heavy Yoda as well. He's still there somewhere. But yeah, thank you so much. Uh, Any reviews you can leave on wherever you're listening are also much appreciated. Even it's just a click on a five star well, reviews and shares really help. And yep. if you're watching us or listening to us, if you can listen to the end as well, because that helps algorithms and make it means it will get played to other people as well. Uh, but yeah, mainly thank you for listening, watching, and taking the time to spend time with us. Uh, have a lovely holiday, however you celebrate it. Uh, may you eat a little bit too much, drink just the right amount, uh, and make sure you give all your friends and family great big hugs and kisses and spend time with those you do care about. Um, we love you all. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and happy everything else. There you go. Awesome. All right. On that note, then, we are out of here. So enjoy the rest of your day, your week, your month, your year, your holidays. Enjoy everything. Have fun. Be merry. Be happy. We love you guys. Uh, so until next time, I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll catch you in the next episode of After the Ending.